Cradeline Network. Uh, my name is Conrad alongside my friend Fox. This is the 295th episode of Space Spinner 2000, a podcast. 295 years. Uh, podcast for two Americans try to make sense of the UK's own galaxy's greatest comic, 2000 AD, one month of progs at a time. This episode, we're covering 2000 AD for July and August 1994, progs 896 to 899. This prog, we're going to finish spicy. up Mambo. Listen, I'm excited about this 99, Fox. We'll finish <laughs> up Mambo and Slain, continue into the past with Armored Gideon, get some short-term Dread stories, check in on Rogue Trooper, Brigand Doom, and Stranium Dogs. Oh, God. Some of those are fine. Other ones are... Uh, and then Ups and downs. Yeah. It's a it's a good roller coaster ride. I just wish that uh, the highs were actual cliffs and not just us riding the fun thing. Yeah, <laughs> I got you. My brain is hurting. <laughs> oh no, I'm it's, sorry. I, I, it's it, it's in physical pain. And uh, and speaking of which, oh, okay. If you, first, I'll say if you want to read along with us, you find the comics we're covering today and Judge read the complete case files twenty one. The Armored Gideon Collection, Slain, a Demon Killer, and the Judge Dread Magazine 320. But let's get started with Thrill One, Judge Dread. You know, I'm a fan of Green Blood. I think Green Blood is underused. Oh, yeah? You're a, uh, you're a Spock guy? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be a Spock, you know. It, or I mean, a, these or are a Predator, plants. maybe? Yeah. yeah, like a Predator or like an alien, you know. It's green blood. It's it's something different. I know that these are plant people, so I guess it's all um, plant goo, saps, chlorophyll, chlorophyll. Yeah, but then they wouldn't have all this like bark all over their skins. You know what I mean? Ah, so it's more like borophyll then. Okay, I mean we're not talking about J.R.R. or Tolkien right now, so I don't know what borophyll has to do with any of this. Oh man, I love those ants, Fox. <laughs> Let me tell you before we get started here that um, when I was a kid, my dad read uh, the Lord of the Rings books to my brother and, and I. Key childhood memory. But something that stuck with us that didn't make it into the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings films is uh, all the Ents when they go to fight Soromon. Oh, yeah. They call him Tree Killer as a um, as like an insult. And we like spent a summer calling each other Tree Killer like as a joke, basically. <laughs> and the fact that that didn't make it into the movies is a real bummer. Yeah. And, it, you know, I always I always did like the Ent Court, which didn't yeah. make it into the films. Ent Moot. Ent Moot. Thank you. Like a moot, Fox. It's not a moot point. Anyway, Judge Dredd. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of plant people. Yeah. Script robot Dan Abnett, Chris Standley, and John Wagner. Art robots Ron Smith and Dondi Cox. Peter and Peter Doherty. Letting robot Tom Frame and Ellie DeVille. So, couple short-term Dread stories here. Or I think all just one-offs. Or, or we're finishing off one two-parter and then one-offs. Uh Abnett and Smith start us off as we see the mulleted evangelist from Slake City telling us to come join him as Dredd and a posse of rad-cloaked judges ride through the city, blast its vegetable vampire and inhabitants Gross. as they go. This is why you gotta you gotta eat your vegetables, kids, or they'll eat you. 
Oh, <laughs> nice. But what if you are? But if you are, would you eat fox? Oh no. Ah, oh, then you turn into a cucumber-based vampire. Ooh, you'd be Banicula. I'm Pickle Dracula. No. <laughs> oh yeah, no, you, Banicula. You, you would be Banicula. Sucks exactly. the color. Sucking the juices out of uh, out of uh, vegetables as a dog and cat look on horrified. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I hope I hope our UK listeners get Banicula jokes, Fox. Oh, there's real, no way they don't know Banicula. Real staple of the Scholastic Book Fair was Banicula in the United Hell States. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I do like this this uh, gunfighting action as they go, and I love this rad judge look. Like they're wearing these big cloaks with like black solid shoulder pads with their names yeah. written on them and stuff like that. Running over plant dudes, making a scrunch. Yeah, they got and, and their their helmet visors are da- or their masks are down, and they need it because of the late lethal radiation in this sector. We see one guy get his mask rips off, and he just his blood just just shoots out, out of his, his head like a porcupine. It's amazing. Yeah, your pores your pores act against you in this case because you know it's how the liquid comes in, but it's also how it goes out mostly. Finally, yeah, that's why you got to use those strips. Uh, wow. At the TV studio, Dredd bursts in and reveals that the preacher is a plant vamp, tells yeah. the mega citizens to stay home, or if they and if they don't, they'll be arrested for attempted suicide, which I think is pretty funny. <laughs> then he Not shoots that matters. Yeah, no, yeah. he shoots him in half and then they blow the place <laughs> up. Shoots that guy in half. He's got one of those disc guns. Dread and the rest of the judges ride out. One wonders if that's the last they've heard from Slake City. No, but this big explosion is. <laughs> that's Listen. a good. That's a good end line there, Fox. For the record, yeah. The, I mean, the best way to get rid of of plant people, right? Number one, your big explosion. Number mm-hmm. two is your danger acid, and number three is uh, um, giddy up. What is that that plant that yeah. weed killer called? Um, fuck. Yeah, it's like that. Damn yeah, it. No. Round, it round also, up, I want to say. Round up also gives you cancer. Don't drink it. Don't don't drink anything that's got the trade name of Killer Fox, all right? Yeah, just also don't spray it around you. Don't yeah. be around it in general. Don't eat weed killer. Don't eat that stuff I, I whose name I loved, the hardware store that was just called like Slug and Snail Death. Don't eat that. All that yeah, stuff. Yeah, don't don't drink bleach. Don't inject bleach. Don't drink bleach. Mm-mm, not in any form. Anyway, yeah. next up, it's the first time at the prog for Chris Stanley, who takes over good. on uh, writing duties. And um, yeah, Pete Doherty's on art. I like his style, too. He's got a very like, it's a very solid style, I think. I, I, I have trouble describing it. I don't know. Um, mm. But I like it a lot. Um Anyway, it's 8.15 a.m. on a Monday in Mega City One, and all of the employed drones go to work at the same time. Like and 10 million- somebody has a case of the Garfields. <laughs> yeah. 10 million people crammed on a pedway, like all the office workers in Mega City One, work in the same office block and take the same route to work in the morning. <laughs> but one of them, Jacob Kritzfeld, has had enough I am not a sheep. I hate Mondays. Oh, no. Exactly. He's got to go home and get some of that lasagna, Fox. Yeah. Maybe, like, kick Odie a little bit. A little bit. Um, anyway, meanwhile, 
Dredd is arresting a blind driver for having an illegal mind link with a seeing eye dog that sits in the in the seat of the car next to him, which I think is I, hilarious. I mean, how else are you going to drive if you're blind if you don't have an eye port for your dog? This guy's just got a full on like three prong extension cord outlet in his forehead and in the dog's forehead. And they're just linked together. As they drive I mean, through the road. The dog seems <laughs> fine with it. No, listen, it's a basset hound. It's solid. It's a sight hound, you know, 2020 yeah. vision. Anyway, as Dredd arrests this guy, a dude just lands right on the top of his car. Dredd looks up to see this pedway That's above him. That's a violation. And there's just bodies flying off the side of Another violation. Sidewalk. It's amazing. There's leapers at the Kropotkin uh, pedway. And that's oh, for another P- violation. This, Peter. this is not OSHA compliant. They need rails. They need rails. Absolutely not. You're right. Yeah. The pedway's name for Peter Kropotkin, writer of mutual aid and a staunch activist for anarcho-communism. Control oh. sees it on their on their cameras. Someone's gone footsie, which is of course a sufferer from future shock. A term we haven't seen in a, in a while, I think, actually, in Dread. But it's yeah, going no, the Don't wrong- worry. We'll, we'll get a, a full breakdown by the end of this week's Dread. <laughs> Absolutely. So he's going the wrong way on a one-way street, and there's no, no space for him. He's just falling dudes, slamming into the water, onto the walk, onto the motorway everywhere. One car's car swerves away from a corpse, going off the side, because, like you said, no guardrail, right into a support column. That's a violation. And it takes it out. Absolutely. Yeah, come on. That's not, see, there's your problem, Fox. A car yeah, well, took there down is here. Your, well, there's your problem <laughs> so right your supports. there. <laughs> you got a hoagie putting up these supports, and that's just not enough. <laughs> the Belushi overzoom collapses. John Belushi, you got to oh, think. Oh. And we see Dredd trying to stop oncoming, oncoming traffic. And it's a pretty- By driving at it. Well, he's got to drive to where the road goes out and tells people to stop. There's a, I think there's a really funny section where this couple is driving and one of them says, like in, in very like calm tones, they say, oh, there's Judge Dredd ahead of us, dear. Oh, it looks like we're going over the side and we'll die. Oh, yes, I'm afraid so. <laughs> yeah, sort of we're about to die, Maud. <laughs> Anyway, with that set up, Dredd <sighs> arrives on the pedway, and the office workers have just sort of generally fallen into chaos. It's Lord of the Flies up there. People are jamming umbrellas in each other's mouths and things like that. It's pretty good because there's like a few with like dull eyes blocking, bashing with a briefcase. Absolutely, yeah. No, they've just they've as they are sheep and walking to work, they are also sheep and killing each other with sort of their uh, accessories and stuff like that. It's pretty good because Riot Foam. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's pretty solid after, oh. after a second. <laughs> Dread clears house. I can't tell if he tosses one guy off the side of the walkway or just sort of further into the crowd. Riot Foam is dispensed and everybody's going to the cubes. Dread finds Kritzfeld and tells him that by living in the city, he's sacrificed his individuality for security. And when Critzfield tries to object, like, but I was born here. I didn't have a choice to live here. Yeah, sucks just, for you, bud. Yeah, he says, you always get your whiners and then gives him 20 years in the psycho cubes. But also, how did they even know it was him? I think pr- probably that they ran back like CCTV footage or something like that. I, I'm just telling you that's a violation. Absolutely. 
So Stanley and Doherty continue in our next story as we learn about Mega City One's TV babies born and raised by the vid screen, kept at home and compliant. Indeed, at the uh, Loji Baird block, and I'm probably mispronouncing his name, but John Loji Baird is the inventor of television. A Robert woman, Loja? Lo- L-O-G-I-E-B-A-I-R-D. I don't think it's Robert Loja. I think that's no, guy I like know. on chips. <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> Some TV guy, I guess. But a woman goes into labor and they got to go, even if it means missing the end of the show they're watching. I mean, she was really insistent on staying, but I mean, the TV goes out. Yeah, well, Dread is in a in a uh, vehicle pursuit of some organ leggers. He kills the vehicle's driver and the uh, the ambulance therein stealing organs, goes careening into a local cable tower, which takes out all television and video phones in the sector. The pregnant lady and her husband will have to uh, drive to the hospital instead of getting an ambulance, but... Never mind that, because now Dredd has to deal with a full-scale riot of TV-less footsies from yeah. the uh, blocks. He don't passes- know how to deal with the world without their television. That's and all they're they got. all wearing weird outfits. Listen, Plus I would freak humans. out if the internet went down here. I'll tell you that much, Fox. That's all I, mean, I got. I've got the entire book of Berserk to read, so. I read that, Fox. I'm like, I'm read like, I've got like, I'm like halfway through all of it now. Oh, man. It- Jesus. That is a rough comic. <laughs> I'm excited. It's real good. We should actually, we should figure something out about that at some point. But anyway, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, when you're less busy, definitely. Um, but, yeah. So people are going crazy. There's your future shock. He passes a new, uh, someone doing a news report with a TV set on his head. Um, the couple, the, the, the pregnant couple are trying to push the, put, drive their car through the crowds and everybody's dressed as TV characters. Dread that's gets a violation. It, that's right. He gets into it with the, t- with, with the Mr. Blobby impersonator. And then the couple finds dread. But when he radios it in, all the med squads are busy. So he'll have to handle it himself. Well, well also he was, a he was about to give them, uh, a, a, a violation for parking in a place that you can't, even though the place is completely swamped with people. <laughs> He's so trying to you know, do. Yeah, they're trying to go. But as this, always, this, by the way, is my favorite dread of the week. Just so you know. I really like how in the how even in even in the fascist future, my wife is having a baby will still get you through um, the police checkpoints and stuff like uh, that. Yeah, because they, they preggers, buddy. Absolutely. Luckily, the TV suddenly goes back on and the mob immediately disperses. And I love just everybody like the TV. TV's back on. Yeah, man. I got to watch my YouTube. I'm a big fan of how just Mega City One, Mega City One citizens can just go from couch potatoes to angry mob and back again at the drop of a hat. You know, (laughs) that's real fun. Meanwhile, Dredd has delivered that baby, and they're going to call it Joe. Yeah, lovingly, she's looking up at Joe Dredd. It's like, it's Joe. name of this baby's Joe Dredd. Listen, Dredd didn't just deliver that baby. He also cleaned it up and put it in clothes that yeah, he had no, lying and, around and, and stuff. And swaddled it. Yeah. Know? That baby's like a year old. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, he's, probably, he's probably got, like, uh, a baby's first clothes boot kit, you know, next oh, to absolutely. the that's absolutely in one of those pouches on his belt, you know, <laughs> like full baby delivery gear. Hey, you yeah. got to be prepared. 
Good job, Dread. And then th- when this story ends, it actually teases the casualties of war story, which is featuring mm-hmm. Rogue Trooper. But that's uh, out of place. It should be in the next story because that's the uh, Prog 900 sto- uh, throw. Our final story, John Wagner takes on writing here as with Ron Smith and Don D. Cox doing and art. what an insufferable fucking Judge Dredd comic this was. <laughs> and I don't... And I'm not trying, you know, you got to do these once in a while, but Jesus Christ, do we really need to be reminded constantly? Yeah. Ellie DeVille coming in on lettering as well, as opposed to our usual Tom frame. And this story is called A Guide to Megaspeak and kind of takes on a a documentary tone. A group of Mega City One youths or juves bumps into an adult Uh. or adult who's also a geek. The Uh. juves... Hassle the geek as Judge Dredd arrives on the scene, marks them all as PPs or potential perpetrators. Well, that's not a thing. Mm, Juves and the geek get to John and violence breaks out. The dolt gets his ass kicked. Dredd comes in to deal some violence or VI or corrective nope. therapy when it's, a, when it's a judge. Not a thing. He beats them all up and arrests them, and it seems the man called the kids Spugwits, which instigated the fight, but he lied to Dredd about doing that, so he gets arrested too, of course. Yeah. Suddenly a simp walks through the scene, and I like this part because everybody just says, get out of here, simp, no one likes you. In this distraction, a Jew attacks Dredd, and Dredd shoots him. He shoots him right through the chest, which is kind of crazy, like like yeah. horizontally through the chest, which I appreciated. That's an unusual it goes, shot. It goes through multiple parts, you know? Absolutely. Um, shot through the shoulder, heart and shoulder, but you're too late. You give love a bad name. Bad name. This turns him into a stiff, requiring a meat wagon, just oh in terms of, of terms. The perps are set off to the cubes, where they'll become dolts, and the story goes on and on. I, I love how the meat wagon is a literal truck in this case, instead of our conventional meat wagons. But, you yeah. know, I get it. You got to have a few. I, I hate these, but only because I know all of these things because I read all of these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like few in a better spot to know these terms than you and I, Fox. Uh, it's just like, and this is a Walter. I'm a Wobot. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's just so. It's, it's like so close to just me, like tearing my hair out. It's like I get, I, you know, you can pick up on these context clues by just making a normal version of the comic. You know. Yeah. Could be. I don't know. This one seems this one, especially because the one before this one has the stinger oh, yeah, for Prog yeah, yeah. 90 makes me feel like this one was sort of in the in the bear like it like No, they always do shit. Like on deck or or one that's just sort of like here's one here's a story just to toss in when we need it, basically. No, I, I know. I, I know why they exist. I just also feel like, you know, you can just say the things and people will get it because if they yeah. get lost on Judge Dread of all things, I would be surprised. <laughs> yeah, I will say though, this one, this story specifically, is bittersweet for me, for for me and maybe for you too, Fox, because this is the final appearance in the prog by artist Ron Smith. No, yeah, he's not had, allowed. Sorry, he's had his ups and his downs over the years, but you know, he started working in 2000 AD in the Judge Cal story. And yeah. really, and really, one of my favorite dread artists, sort of here for the last like you know set fifteen years or so. I mean, truly, the man can draw a background for Christ's sake. Absolutely, he's done some top stories over the years: a sob story, Un American Graffiti. So that was like the, the, the debuts of Otto Sump mm-hmm. and uh, Chopper, and you know he did a bunch of these ugly stories. Um, uh, the, the 
the Black Plague, where all the spiders attacked Mega City One. Oh, um, yeah. Father Earth, where Brian Bowen started oh. that one out. But that's the one I know you like, Fox, where the Holocaust squad shows up because a giant, it's like, so good. geothermal plant destroys the city partially. Um, and it has, it makes no sense that they're called the Holocaust squad, but they tough. look fucking awesome. And they just go in on a suicide mission. It's yeah, solid. they're just like, oh, we know we're going to die. That's why we've got the most expensive armor in the world to make sure that we last for as long as possible. Yeah. And he also did one of my very favorite like gifts give to someone just to get a sense of what judge dread is the uh graveyard shift story oh yeah that one's really good see that to me is a great like refresher yeah that's a really great to sort of multi-part like one night mega city one that's full of all these different crises and it's got all of the uh sort of Judge Red supporting cast with like Magruder, Hershey, and Anderson all in one place, and it's really great. Mm-hmm. I've often said no one destroys Mega City One like Ron Smith, and I'll, I'll stand by that. True. That's very true. Mass like destruction, but also like the ability to draw that destruction. Yeah, that's you know what, what I mean? mean. Yeah, is that sort of not that not that it happens, but just that sort of he does it so well. He's so amazing at creating these giant detailed backdrops and crowd scenes. And then have them be full of explosions and stuff like that, you know. Also a really great caricaturist and just somebody who is a real stall, has been a real stalwart of the comic for many, many years. You know, he's sort of, he's in his early 60s at this point and is sort of about, you know, on the road to retirement, basically. He's... in uh, in 1994, he was, um, and you know, then would continue to live on. Uh, he sadly passed away in early uh, 2019, and it's just a, uh, a a talent that I'm sad to I'm sad we're we're losing here, just because he's been we've had him for so long. I'd really recommend. There's a uh, everything comes back to 2000 AD interview with him from a cut from like um, I want to say like tw- from the early 20 teens, I think. And it's just really, really cool just to hear this kind of old grandpa talk, old English grandpa talk about like sort of <laughs> drawn mutants and explosions and heavy metal and stuff like that. So it seemed like a fun guy. But yeah. You know, anyway, I just wanted to wanted to do that shout out. I, I hate when I miss when we do, when we sort of have our final appearances for for creators and stuff. So yeah. I wanted to, to mention that for sure. Um, and with that and speaking of, uh, I guess, you know. What do I want to say? Speaking of things getting weird, Fox, I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of weird plant dudes or oh, something. Oh, hey, yeah, kind of. Let's go to Thrill 2 Mambo. Hey, Mambo, crash through the tower and oh, pick up your phone. Your boss is calling in a no, no, no. I don't want to turn on the phone. I got Maldoror and there's a gross plant dude. <laughs> Creator it's, droid Dave Hine, letting robot yeah. Allie DeVille. Go ahead. It's good. Yeah. Rachel Verlaine, future cop and Mambo has been and attacked. also tentacle lady. Yeah. Has been attacked by assassins and crash out of her window. But the forest of tentacles and roots and shit that she's recently grown keep her from falling to her death. But not her assailant. She that one falls. Yeah, no. Bye. <laughs> There's a pretty awesome full page image of her fully warped out here. Crazy. Just log real, just all got, over the place. Got a lot of tendrils. Got like she's even got 
a tentacle that goes through that comes out of her leg and then back through her leg and through the other side. That's right. Very, yeah, she's very gross. Got a lot of tendrils in her life. Got a lot of tentacles by her side. Wow. <laughs> Got a lot of pseudopods. Here I am. Little bit of a mambo little bit of goo makes, makes me your mambo. Ah, <laughs> yes. All right. Good enough. We've hit. <laughs> Hit the requisite Mambo Italiano and Mambo Number no. Five references for our Mambo coverage. This episode, we've been it's in every episode because <laughs> we're silly men. <laughs> I'm never gonna not Mambo to Mambo. Absolutely. So, yeah, full. So again, want to call out this full this uh, page of her being fully warped out. It's awesome. Um, then she psychics her way through a fucking broken glass window. Yeah, well, she just sort of walks in um, with the tentacles and stuff back into her um, a- apartment, like through the window and stuff like that, uh, c- glowing with yellow energy. And then she collapses on the ground. Suddenly she gets a phone call from her boss. And we learn that that disc they found in Prague 889 is actually a concern. So they're going to send her to the planet Maldoror, the planet where she is the Mambo of, to investigate. And yeah, it turns out that guy's probably not that, that this Ventress guy, not not looking very good. But man, he's got all these political connections. Got to mm-hmm. check it out because no one else has the pretext you do with your dad being all fucked and uh, you yeah, being like they, from they want, Yeah, she's a citizen, so she can sort of make the flight there, I guess. Yeah, nothing bad's going to happen. I'm sure of it. You're a detective with goo powers. Not certainly, certainly not ominous that fate seems to be conspiring to send you on this trip. Uh, you know, she's got to be the Mambo. The yeah. mambo Saya. As she talks she's, to... Oh, she's going to uh, uh, goo herself to death for our... Saving. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Goo for our sins. Yeah. As she, t- <laughs> oh. As she talks to her boss, she seems tentacles. to. Ugh. Finally, she seems to recover the tentacles and stuff retracting into her body and re- she returns to normal. But she, oh, snap, cybernetic eyeball. Yeah. She wants to keep this a secret, but the eyes of one of these former assassins pops open. There's a camera in there and it's live streaming this scene Two gross tentacle dudes, Dorian so Ventress. I have, I have a very big question for you, right? Mm-hmm. So he's looking at this on a view screen that's covered yes. in goo that is ostensibly his goo. Yes, right. Like because you get his, it, you get his under grundle, right? Like, yeah, it's yeah. a full <laughs> exposure to his grundle, and there's uh, tons of tubes coming out of that. Tons of tubes coming out all of him. The green Absolutely. stuff all over the place. Is that just a TV that he's just put all the goo on or has he manifested a goo screen? Ooh, it's a good question. I think he's I know he's interfacing got, with it, right? Like we right. saw in the in the flashback last yeah, episode. You, you can you can interface with technology. Yeah. So I think it might just be a TV from like Radio Shack that now, he's bought and it's now <laughs> co- p- plugged his, his tentacles into. But here's the thing, right? Like you can't make a an organic HDMI port. You know what I mean? I saw Avatar, Fox. I got to disagree. <laughs> you know, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. That is also how you do your sex. Yeah, come on. You just got to, you just got to freaking, you, you just take your tentacle and you just kind of you know, jam I, it into I, the I port also, and then I manifest a shitload of pins to put in there. That's I how it works. Al- I would have also accepted existence. Oh, absolutely. Listen, I'm just saying, oh I'm just God. a giant like, come lately. I'm not a hipster. Well, 
No, what that's I mean, listen, it's it's a it's a fucking port in your back that you stick a goo drive into. Absolutely. Yeah. Or or again, and I mean again, sort of on the Cronenberg kick, because we also seem to mention every time we talk about Mambo. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Doreen Ventress sees that um Rachel can control this thing and so he uh, her power must belong to him so that he can teach mankind to love the new flesh he's going to James Woods that shit <laughs> you're going to love the way you look that's right video drome it anyway the end for now but mambo will return in may of 1995 Unfortunate that we only got one. I didn't know I wanted to see what the undergrundle of a tentacle goo man looked like, but I'm pretty satisfied. I'm glad it's, you're uh, mentioning prob- that we can see this guy's junk fox. I didn't want to it's, broach the subject, but it's, it's great. Super, it's, a lot. it's super problematic because none of the tendrils are coming out of the grundle, if you know what I mean. But there mm. is like this mass in front of him that doesn't it. I mean, he needs to see a doctor. I mean, I'm just circling it with my mouse cursor right now. It's not. It's looking bad. I think a lot of his skin situ a lot of his skin situation could require a doctor's care. Honestly, Fox. Yeah, you know, I I mean, I feel like he's like, yeah, I'm totally in control of all of this. I mean, you don't have to look like that. No, I guess no. you know. Actually, you know what? I'll 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 walk that back. He's being very body positive. You, know, you can look like whatever you want. You could look like a goo man with tentacles coming out of your ears. Listen, I don't want to shame his choices, but I'd also I don't know if I'd make that choice, Fox. That's what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah, no, that's that's true. I I feel like it would it would be off putting to uh, you know potential friends. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of the next step in uh, human evolution, Fox, let's oh, go God. to Thrill Three Rogue Trooper. He just wants a beer. That's his story arc, I've decided. At and last. everything else is just uh, in the way of that. <laughs> Absolutely. Script about Steve White, art about Henry Flint, letter about Bunty Mayhew. We're at Daniel's place, which is spelled as douchely as possible, Fox, with a Y. Yeah. Multiple. It's oh. Dan. No, I, I read it Dan as Daniel's. Daniel's yeah. place. It's one of the only demilitarized zones on New Earth. Leave your unit patches behind and chill out for once. Friday's, Y'all come down to Danielle's place. We take care of you. Friday's there wearing a mask and drinking beer through a straw as the chips continue to bicker. He's not really into this chip bickering. He's tired of these chips, like three issues into having them. Well, so I and I think that, like, to be clear, it's not all of the chips ganging up on him and telling him what to do. It's the chips bickering with themselves and having kind of their their own identity and then him also being like fuck all of these people are in my head yeah it's a, like to me that's a little bit a better of a skew than what we've seen before where it's like no. we want to have real bodies and lives oh why aren't you fixing this problem for us <laughs> it's true they're less whiny than the original chips for they're sure just problematic because you have now four personalities inside your brain yeah Suddenly, Lucky brings up some readings and then some jerks from S3, the Souther Secret Service, burst in, well-armed and threatening. They're looking for Souther Souther deserters, and that makes Friday nervous. And uh, this doesn't match up with Friday. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. I was going to say, when you have one more S than the SS, that means you're tripled. Ooh, or at least, yeah, 1.5 maybe, but yeah, not, no, not good. I mean, but like, not I mean, good, one certainly. lightning S is just as bad. 
Oh, absolutely. I'm not, I'm not here for it, folks. <laughs> but yeah, um, and I should just mention that like I would suggest that, or I'm officially deciding to not worry about the fact that we're sort of on New Earth with Norts and Southers. None of this matters. No, there's too not, many factions. Like that wasn't a factor of sort of War Machine Friday stuff. We were mm-hmm. sort of not specifically built around Norts and Southers. We brought it back. Fine. I'm not going to point it out anymore. Just yeah, that's, no, I, that's a new thing. There's there's just far too many factions that he tends to get involved with, which it just feels like this is War Planet. You yeah. Know? So anyway, a firefight breaks out and Friday goes to escape when other soldier another soldier grabs him and puts a gun to his head. But this reveals that he's the genetic infantryman to everyone. They're quite surprised. I mean, you know, the blue skin really gave it away, I guess. He's not, you know, when he takes that helmet off, everybody knows who he is. Friday's been taken by the S3 goons who prepare to radio the Clavel boys who seem to be yeah, looking for Friday. we get a nice Friday. thigh shot of Friday, by the way. Anyway... Eight ball starts fight firing wildly. Let's knife as Lucky drops flashbangs and so on. There's a firefight as the chips bicker and it keeps dragging on as Friday starts to run low on ammo when suddenly some fresh fighters appear. But their weapons aren't Nort or Souther. They're off world and advanced. And you can tell that it's a lady far before she takes off her helmet because they really accentuate the butt. Yeah, suddenly Friday is confronted by a warrior with a bulbous power suit and a nice ass. It identifies Friday as the rogue trooper, pops its helmet to reveal a short-haired lady. She's named Which, Midge. Maud. Oh, Maud, yeah. And she's got <laughs> and she and her power-suited buddies are mercs who are after the same deserters that S3 was were, and now the Southers are coming after them with heavy weaponry. I mean, listen, this is a fully motile, broad-focus, radium laser, Utani Instruments railgun, full defense suite, thermo-statistically controlled, plus coffee maker. It's around 13 mil a piece in Souther dollars. I appreciate the little alien reference in there, I guess. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah, whaling Utani. But yeah. um, also, like, that is a good point, just that all of these, all of these rogue trooper stories are full of this, like... Let's quickly drop the tech specs for the sci-fi weaponry kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, it's battle action place, that shit. I, yeah, I mostly skip over, I must admit. Um, no, I mean, that's fine. I, I only paid attention to it because it was tech babble. Yeah, <laughs> I do appreciate, you know, it's it's the babble. The babble's always fun. Listen, um, we got to realign the phase inverse, right? <laughs> yeah, well, in, in, inverse the polarity, certainly, of the uh, well, main I mean, le- we, deflector shield, buddy. I mean, listen, if we, if we, um, in order to kind of confuse the Borg, we have to change the frequency of our shield deflectors every five seconds. But that only buys us so much time because there's so many different versions of those phase deflectors like kind of go through. Oh, no. Barkley's latest fuck scenarios taken over the ship. <laughs> ah, Jesus, every time. Those, that's always great. It's like like and you know what always. Sorry, this is an aside. You know, what always Please. upset me about those those Barkley fuck scenarios is that everybody everybody just like immediately starts like shitting on him for it. And I'm like, you all use the holodeck for this purpose. He's just not and, high ranking enough, you know, like Riker I, goes in there to piss, but nobody yells at him because he's the, he's the second in command, you know? I'm, I'm just saying like <laughs> the, the whole purpose of the holodeck for some people is probably a sex adventure. 
And whether or not that involves crewmates is a personal thing, because, I mean, it's usually fucking locked unless you're an officer and you can just go in, you know? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'd say that I understand the people going in there for sex adventures. I understand those guys a lot more than reenacting, like, Sherlock Holmes or something. Yeah, like, like that. that, that's the weird one. It's like, I want to I have the same adventure as the book, which... I mean, to Jordy LaForge's point, he's like, man, you already know how to fucking fix all these problems. So let's make Moriarty, which we then stick into Ram, who comes back later and wants to explore the universe. And the way that you do that is you create a bunch of Ram in a box and you stick him in it that he explores for the rest of his, I guess, life in this. It's a it's a really weird thing. Anyway, Star Trek is great. Everyone should watch the next chapter. You'd think they wouldn't do that after uh, the just a dumb satellite like Voyager got sent off into no into the void and came back as a super powerful god machine, you know? I I mean, but anyway, that's the thing. Yeah, don't so, don't fuck with AI is the real the real lesson I got from that. Yeah, literally sometimes. Anyway, Maud asks Friday to help in the coming conflict, but he says he doesn't kill for money. But turns out she might have other things to offer. Uh, what would that be? Uh, I guess in this case, it's information about Clavel. And then the whole place gets hit by missiles and shit. Okay, ballroom blitz, moving on. The crew has escaped through the sewers to a bright green New Earth jungle and managed to ambush Ugh. the S3 Overwatch team in an orgy of explosions and crazy sound effects. I like this fratchoom one myself. Yeah, no, and and the bullets still going through the thing. It's pretty great. Yeah, so they're exfiltrating some deserters, and the, though the chips are skeptical about this. Um, anyway, after some pressing, Maud explains that after Clavel's death, the corporation folded up a little bit, leading to a power vacuum and corporate wars to fill the space. But in the end, this was all a ruse that allowed that sort of weakened all of Clavel's remaining competitors. That when they came back, they had both managed to consolidate their holdings and take out the their you know, the other guys, I guess. I don't that's know. It's a real stuff. Whalen move. You know what I mean? Abba, Utani and she. And that's why it's <laughs> Whalen Utani, not Utani Whalen. <laughs> oh, after so, um, yep, 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 yep. Anyway, it looks like the Southers have brought in some anti-aircraft SAM launchers, which is stopping the ships that are going to airlift them out. What's to be done? Friday's got an idea that'll let them kill two birds with one stone. It's throwing stones at the birds. Finally. Beards, excuse me. Mm. Friday moves through the jungle as the chip suggests that they could go off world as well. You know, hang out with this mod lady, you know, do her with his weird GI dick. But oh um, <laughs> like become it's, mercs it's and an stuff. Uninvited, it's an uninvited four way at that point. <laughs> Friday says no way because they're after Clavel and them having a base on New Earth means that going there is probably the best way to find what they're looking for. They find this command post mostly based on electronic uh, intelligence software that was given to Top. He's the one in the helmet. Friday mm. prepares to fight when Midge uh, and radios in uh, to Midge, who Friday we learn Friday thinks is hot. Uh, he asks her to make a distraction, and they eventually do. Friday rushes into the command tank, gets the info they need, and escapes just as it's blown up behind them. They- I mean, he loves the battle, babe. I understand. Absolutely. Yeah. They he doesn't got, love a Valkyrie. Totally. 
they uh, got both the information on the defense system and learned that the Clavel advi- and learned the Clavel advisors base camp location and their main directive, which is to have the which is the return dead or alive of Friday the GI and the biochips. The chips say they'll have to discuss this later, but first they radio in Maude to say all things are clear. She offers them a ride, but he refuses because he's got his own plans. Yeah, which is to chill out and show us his feet pics. Finally, he watches their ship fly off into space and drinks a few beers from the bar at the start of this story. The mercs fly off into the sunset, dodging anti-aircraft fire, but the war continues here on New Earth. And this story ends plugging a uh, Friday poster prog, but we're all over Friday. He's going to be in every prog that we talk about next episode as well Jesus and going forward. Christ. Okay. Friday, they're bringing it back with the bang, you know? <sighs> I mean, that's fine. That's fine. Soon, I guess, is the next time. That's right. <laughs> Soon and for the rest of your life. <laughs> But anyway, before we continue on, let's take a quick break, Fox. Just talk about some other stuff, namely non-thrills, covers, and nerf setters. Yeah, pretty good covers. Yeah. Prog 896, one more and you'll have nothing above the neck but memories. Henry Flint provides a rare cover with a word bubble here as Friday's got a gun to his head. In a nerve center with a background that is not formatted to be readable, Tharg bids farewell to Slain and Mambo as we see that Judge Dredd cosplayer guy hassle area punks, and we learn that 2000 AD polled readers, and most of them would prefer cops with uh, to carry guns and be allowed to shoot to kill in uh, standard line of duty. The Whoa. public wants Judge Dredd, I guess. I don't know. That's... I mean, coming from a place that that's totally something that can happen, I'm going to tell you, it's not great. Yeah, no, not not as fun as you might think. I would not want to live in Mega City 1 or have judges out there. A lot of minority-based shootings, underrepresented, uh, underrepresented people going to get shot by a bunch of white people with guns. It is bad times indeed. Mid-issue. Not to mention, oh, I, so the, I was uh, I was listening to this other podcast. Mm-hmm. And there was it, it, it's this guy who does um, well. He used to be on Road Rules, and the kind of conceit is like making him famous again, which is always very funny. Mm-hmm. But um, he was talking about how he had gone to they they had so he's a he's a, a, a social worker right and mm-hmm. and studied <clears throat> psychotherapy and all this stuff. So he's. He's talking about like get it, going to this like police training kind of thing so that they get. I mean, I'm sure there were a bunch of reasons why they did it, mm-hmm. but it's all these ex and current police officers who are also there. And it's all about <laughs> get, getting distance and gaining compliance against the subject. And so it's like completely dehumanizing where it's like we all know the ear technique, right? Everyone's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and he's like, I don't know what the fuck that is. And it's where they take, <clears throat> if you take your index finger and curl it in tight, and it kind of puts up, not your knuckle, but like your your um, second knuckle, whatever that's okay. called. And then you just drill that into someone's ear until you gain compliance. Jesus. Like, they're talking about all this stuff about gaining compliance against the subject, like completely removing them from being human at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, and it's just, it's sort of, you know, you kind of want your cops to have a human element and that sometimes doesn't mean they need a gun. 
Absolutely. Sometimes it's just enough to have police presence in a yeah. Here's where I'll also uh, pl- once again plug um, 2008 PR droid uh, Michael Mulcher's new book, um, I Am the Law, How Judge Dredd Predicted Our Future, which is sort of talking about very, relating I'm, modern I'm sure policing with the history of Judge Dredd and things like that. Anyway, made issue, there's a new column called Rocks by Jason Arnop, who may or may not be a real person. Um, just talking about rock music, I guess. I've heard of some of these bands like uh, No FX and White Snake, I guess. Um, White Snake, pretty good. Yeah, nice. I guess. They are fine. Yeah. The letters page is a picture of Judges Beavis and Butt Dread. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> uh, letters are mostly about, um, or letters are about friends not supporting people's 2080 fandom, worrying about 2080 selling out. And Igor Goldkind himself writes in to request more clown. That's the guy who writes the clown, asking for more uh, clown. God, I mean, I you know, we've had fine. enough clown. Yeah, eight ninety seven, eight ninety seven. Gideon strikes. Simon Jacob draws Armored Gideon with a big lightning bolt in this moody cover. On the nerve center, Tharg announces another dread poster prog and the nineteen ninety five two thousand eighty yearbook. Well, warning us that there are two black and white stories this issue. There's also a droid feature on Henry Flint, who has mostly joke answers, but I like his favorite quote, which is the cover of Prog 93. No, please let me drown before the giant scorpions get to me. (laughs) I do remember that. It's pretty good. It's classic. Uh, Letters have a picture of a Judge Dredd smiling with a 2080 mug. Letters uh, are ha- you can send us one at any given point in time, by the way, Rebellion. It would be perfectly yeah. fine. These days they give out uh, graphic novels with their letters, not mugs, which is sad. I mean, but I'm just saying that, you know, Rebellion, I mean, we are getting real close. Yeah. Give me that just mug. Saying. Give me that Tharg clock. That's what I want. The Tharg clock. Uh, I'd like some of those stickers that literally adhere to your skin and won't be removed. Electric stickers. Yeah. Those, yeah. yeah. Honestly, if you get those, if they're the real ones from Prague 2, you can sell them for like 10,000 bucks or something. Jesus like Christ. That. Yeah. I mean, the adhesive alone, I'm sure, is a miracle to modern. Ad- That's uh, probably adherence. true, actually. That's yeah, one of those like ancient Greek recipes that no longer exists <laughs> in modern science. You know? 3M will pay you millions. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, God. Uh, letters are happy with the new relaunch. Ask what they'll call Sonic Youth in 2000 AD. Eh. Mention that some future swear words actually appear in Shakespeare, like a snack is apparently used in like the Twelfth Night or something. I mean, that could be a nod more than a, I don't feel like, you know. Maybe. Um, there's also compliments for Rogue Trooper and wondering if Marvel and someone wonders if Marvel if a 2000 AD has anything to do with Marvel comics. Nope. Nope. And this <laughs> prog ends with ads for anime videos, Maris the Wonder Girl and Guyver. And I mean, the- Maris doesn't look great, but I do know Guyver survives for a very long time. Yeah. The, the Maris covers very weird. It feels like it's a pic. It's like they took like one picture of like a sci- a scantily clad sci-fi lady and then just sort of pasted like sort it, of a, 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 a low definition um, anime lady's head on top it, of it. It's got it's got the Mega Man box art problem. I don't mm, know if you know. I do like what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's it. It feels like somebody who had nothing to do. With this, right? Because they got yeah. the rights to kind of release it. Also, it's PG, which you know 
it's probably not. Same thing with Guyver. Guyver's not a PG fucking anime, but you know, whoever whoever pretty gross. <laughs> yeah, no. It's uh Guyver's <laughs> Guyver's real graphic. Ah, anyways. Rug 898, Judge Dredd in person. It's that Dredd cosplayer again. Yeah, I got that crotch good. shot. Yeah, you do get a sense of what of what's going on in the <laughs> leather work for the junk of the for the crotch area of that costume. I, I'm just saying, you know, at that point, instead of it, take some liberties. Don't do the belt buckle, but do a uh, an eagle cod. That's what they went with with the movie, you know? Yeah. Um, and the cover teases movie news as well. Tharg's getting hype for Prog 900 in the Nerve Center, saying the comic is a bit of an elder these days. Not like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, 900 issues. That's a lot. Not like today when when this issue comes out, Prog 2311 will be being released. Yeah. <laughs> it seems that the Dread movie will start shooting in August and Mean Machine will be in it. There's also here Belong. Yeah, yeah, he is. I thought you liked Mean Machine in the Dread I movie. Did, I did. I felt like... He was maybe one of the things that I liked the most. I think Polly Shore was the. Uh, sorry, not Polly Shore. Jesus Rob Christ. Schneider. Rob Schneider was the part I hated the most. That's fair. I remember you being I very complimentary him the entire uh, film. Yeah, no, because well, Mean the, Machine the, of, actually looks like Mean Machine. Yeah, yeah, you like Mean Machine and the ABC Warriors. I recall in the Hammerstein. Well, yeah, ha- the Hammerstein robot was like like literally Hammerstein. Totally. Yeah. What I what what I really don't like is that somehow I found a copy of that version that is shorter than the actual release of that movie. So you can't it our our commentary doesn't really sync up right to it, which uh, oh, makes me so sad, Fox. I mean, that just means that we have to re-record it. Something. I would love to actually I would love to do that. Just to do it I, in I would just do it in person and stuff like that. The last so time we did every, it every <laughs> every year, once a year, we re-record our, our I feel like we did it in like twenty eighteen in like twenty eighteen or something like that. Like it's we been can a do while. A revisit. Yeah, it's we been can do a it while. so that actually works, you know. I don't know. Anyway, we'll figure something out. Spitballing. I mean, we've got we've got Zencaster now. What could go wrong? Well, we could I mean we could just do it in the same room, frankly. That's also true. I'm all right with that. Um, we do we do tend to riff in the same room a lot. <laughs> I like I think that's good. I think people would like to hear that. Honestly, I'm just cut this part out because this is very much just us having a pro a, 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 a programming meeting. No, recording you tell here. us in the comments. You tell us. Fair, yeah, okay. Um, there's also a beyond belief that says that about Britain's strangest couple, 40 years, and they've never had a paranormal experience. Bah. Well, I, that's good for them. That's most people because ghosts aren't real. Yeah. No, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. right. Ghosts aren't real. Ghosts aren't real, folks. <laughs> Mid-prog, there's a column called Drox, which is written by Charles Lippincott, who is one of the producers of Judge Dredd, but also, I'd say, mo- more famous, according to his Wikipedia page, for being instrumental in the marketing and licensing of the first Star Wars film. So sort of okay. getting, getting all those action figures and toy lightsabers out there, basically. I mean that I mean George Lucas if anything he was a genius about the merchandising part of that because everyone thought the movie was going to tank. Right, and I would say that Lippincott is basically the guy the uh, the trigger man for Lucas's vision for that part of the of the, of the mission is my understanding. Absolutely. He talks about his love affair with science fiction and sci-fi films and comics and why that fuels his desire to make the Judge Dread movie. 
Although I'll say the end of this column, he talks about the concept of an event film and how that concept Mm. has sort of evolved over the years. And from the way he's laying things out, it makes me worry about the success of Judge Dredd (laughs) before the movie comes out. Well, I mean, an event film, like, uh, so there's a little bit of of behind the scenes stuff here. Event films turned into tentpoles. Right. Mm, yeah. And and it all became about cash as opposed to star power and like momentum behind everything. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as an example, Disney does several bets a year. All of them are meant to, like to be tentpole, but one of them gets most of the cash. Right. Mm, interesting. Um, yeah. So it, like and, and the tentpole films are where they're like, we are going to hopefully. Ma- well, instead of releasing like 10 films, you release five. And you put a shitload of money behind each and you hope that one of them just reaches like super mass audience across the world. Right. Mm-hmm. It was a very interesting like change of how everything was done because it became more about the marketing and budget behind things as mm-hmm. opposed to like now star power is like it's important. Right. You you look at your Mario movie and you know that's already going to do money. But did you really need to put in Chris Pratt? And that doesn't really matter because ultimately. That's going to be Illumination's tentpole film. Hey, Fox. Yes. Hey, yo, it's me, Mario. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's me, Mario. Uh, wahoo. I, it is me, I'm going to go on a great adventure. Don't worry, everyone. I've been working on this accent, and it's going to be great. Let me just Says say. Chris Pratt, literal cult member. I just like to uh, to counterpoint that a movie with the uh, high pitched Nintendo sixty four Mario voice would also not be a good film. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, again, I I think that most people's like disdain is like, why is Chris Pratt in everything? Also, Chris Pratt not looking too good these days. On multiple, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would say I I would put him towards the bottom of the Hollywood Chris's at this point for, for sure. I- <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know who they, you know who they, uh, 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 honestly, Pratt, should've. Pine, Hem- Hemsworth. <laughs> I, I think what what we're really all saying is that Jared Leto should have been Mark. <laughs> Moving on, Morbio Fox, finally Morbio, da 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 da, vampire. <laughs> Morbioing time. Anyway, Jesus Christ. Oh the input. God. This is a terrible non thrill section. Fox, we're all is, over the this place. This is the best non thrill section we've ever done. The input page has an excellent colored pencil rendition of Dread and the Angel Brothers' real, like, spare page and a sixth grade notebook energy from this one. I like it a lot. Letters mention yeah. a Dread quote uh, that there's a character call or Letters talk about the words dread judge appearing in Jane Eyre. Ask where both Nemesis and Johnny Kiss are. Where are those guys, Fox? Where is Johnny Kiss? He's the most kissable bad guy. He's Mr. Kiss. Nemesis will return. Johnny Kiss. Nemesis will return in 901, and your fantasies will be fulfilled with the return of Johnny Kiss in early 95. Oh my God, I can't wait. He's the sexiest villain. His name is Johnny Kiss, and he has kissable lips, and I want him to give me a kiss. I want to I want to smell me a kiss. <laughs> wait a second, actually. Sorry, I said early 95. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Dun, 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 Some, I think dun, it might dun, actually dun, be dun, early Wahoo, dun, 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 dun. Wahoo and Mario. Do, 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 oh, no, no, 95. Do, do, yeah. 940. 95. 
Jesus. So many things are coming in 95 that we're sort of seeing right now, Fox. Like the the back the back quarter of uh 94 is just undiscovered country here. I miss Bob Hoskins as Mario. Me too. He I mean, were he still alive, I feel like he should have been given yeah, to get drunk and be Mario. <laughs> just CGI is his ghost his in there, corpse. Fox. Come on. <laughs> hey. Anyway. It's the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Whatever wrestling oh, yeah. did Mario. Lou, Lou Albano. Come on. Uh, yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so they'll be here at 901 and 940, respectively. Um, Nemesis and Johnny Kiss. Mums are apparently anti-2000 AD. And then another yeah, mums letter. Mums are anti-everything. It's true. And then another letter has a bunch of positive adjectives for 2000 AD, in ending with saying 2000 AD Ichiban, which is uh, Japanese for number one. Number one. Yeah. Good to say. Talk, speaking of pro wrestling, that's what you say when you want to say you're badass in Karukin Hall. Oh, deep cut. A final letter mentions that... Um, while a recent dread story said it took place in Cambridge, the skyline and all, uh, and like all the buildings depicted there were actually in Oxford. And, you and know, my whatever. God, see, this is a problem that I have because you wouldn't be got dead at Oxford. My God, can you imagine? Can you a, imagine? I'm this is a Cambridge, Cambridge podcast, Fox. But give Carlos Escara a break it's from Barcelona. The Barcelona, the Prague ends with a thrill archive from that goddamn mean arena reboot. Okay, listen, I know you're excited about mean, it. It's the mean arena that I like, but it's not the mean arena that I love. But I oh, still man. like that they did that. Good old Matt Town. Yeah, I mean, no, you you and me both know. Mean arena, it's very good. In, um, friends. I, I keep talking about this one, but there's a recent... Um, in uh in in 2000 AD uh, 2300 Fox, there's a big crossover storyline where all of 2000 where the 2000 AD megaverse all gets or like the multiverse of 2000 AD all gets turned into zombies and then they attack Judge Dredd. Oh, so it's basically a Royal Rumble, sort of. Or I mean, it's like Marvel zombies, but like for 2000 AD stuff. And one section is just a uh, is mean arena, but everybody's a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> or I mean, like, it's like people using zombies to play the mean arena game, I guess. Weird. Weird. I, I always find the zombie motif to be kind of a strange duck. It's moderate. Finally, 899. Oh man, 899. Doom Watch, Dermot Power draws Brigand Doom looming over the city. And it's, there are music videos to be one. It looks better than what we read. Mmm. In the nerve center, Tharg is hype for Prog 900, and uh, we'll the, and after that, we'll have a mini series of classic thrills running from Prog 901 to 903. I'm pretty, I'm interested in that, although I'm a little worried about it as well. When I hear Zarjaz three part mini series, I I the Zarjaz part gets me worried. <laughs> he also plugs something called artificial intelligence colon motion by yeah, Warp no, Video. No. Mm-mm. This, this is stuff you watch on LSD. I, yep, get it. I, I found it on the internet. It's a 45 minute long video of dance tracks and trippy CGI images. Yeah, that's what you watch on LSD. Got it. Basically a video lava lamp and in some cases literally just CGI lava lamp stuff right in to win a free copy. And uh-huh. mid-issue, there's an ad for the dang Atari Jaguar, which I Man. like to talk about. I like to say Jaguar like an English person, Fox. It's Jaguar. Jaguar. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, talk about a short-lived system. 
I appreciate that it's got, it says like, uh, it says um, CD, <laughs> CD to be released later, you know? Yeah, I know. They were really, uh, they were really hoping for a Sega, Ma- Sega Master System kind of thing going on. Oh, man. Like, it, you know, all the connectables. Uh, totally. I do like how they have Tiny Toons Adventures, which, by the way, also came out on SNES and was a fairly popular game. Rise of the Robots, which uh, was on PC. I mean, okay, popular for your computer trading circles. Mm-hmm. Doom already released. Brutal Sports Football, I don't know, but I feel like probably isn't one of their, uh, like, isn't a, uh, a, a mm-hmm. release kind of game for it. Redline right. Racing, who knows? <laughs> Kazumi Ninja, Club Drive, Alien vs. Predator, obviously, had already come out. Wolfenstein 3D, and they have Doom. Come on. Um, Tempest 2000, what the fuck? All right. <laughs> that wasn't released for Jaguar. Raiden? Come the on, impl- Raiden. Really? The impl- and then the- Evolution Dino Dudes? Crescent Galaxy? <laughs> like, clearly, this is not a launch lineup for this. And uh, <laughs> led to the fact that this thing was 229 pounds in 1990, what, 1994? That's healthy. Yeah, that's uh, that's a large amount of dollars for, uh, you know, like, at this point, you should, Yeah, you should just so, sort of double, double pounds, not so many dollars it is, is my understanding. Uh, well, and this is my thing, is like, from what I understand from the UK, most everybody was on PC anyway. True, not a, not as big of a console market. Anyway, in the input page is a picture of Joe Pineapples looking blue. I think this might be a digital picture, actually. It's hard to tell. Um, and then letters compliment Prague 889 say that that recent uh, Conspiracy of Silence story was pretty good. Uh, another reader is reading the Progs with a broken knee. <laughs> and um, again, compliments for recent future shocks and more mums that are not happy with uh thrills like i i mean see my last comment and then finally the prog ends with judge dread with a picture of friday have you seen this man as we it really look like friday it looks like a really creepy yeah woman. it's a tough it's a weird looking blue guy but um this is basically teasing that prog 900 the entire ma- the entire comic would be just one story the crossover between Judge Dredd and uh, Rogue Trooper. 28-page complete Judge Dredd story. Okay, okay. I mean, yeah. Probably biting off a little more than that. I mean, it's funny because in American comics, a 28-page single story is sort of the norm, but it seems like such a big ask, you know? Yeah, I know in this prog. You know, yeah. 2000 AD. Anyway, enough of that. We got to get back on topic. We got to get back on task, Fox. Non-thrills are done. And so let's go to Thrill 4, Armored Gideon. Script robot John Tomlinson, art robot Simon Jacob and Mike White, letting robot Annie Parkhouse and Peter Knight. Last time, we learned that a bunch of classic 2000 AD characters have converged on the reality of Harry Angel, who has built an electricity gun he is now using to blast Armored Gideon, seemingly destroying him, but both... Frank White and Bill nah, by God Savage up. aren't impressed. Yeah. No, nah, he, he fucks it up. He's Angel, for God's sake. Yeah, all they've done is transport themselves to a different reality. One that's oh. been taken over by giant ants. It's an ant war. <laughs> it's no- an ant war, ladies and gentlemen. The government has been feeding fluoride to the ants for years. I'm going to tell oh. you right now. How are we going to combat them? And I'll tell you right now, it's Alpha Brain. Turn the ants gay. Oh, 
These ants are false flag. I'd like some gay ants. Uh, Oh, yeah. Well, he's getting his comeuppance for that comment. I mean, they're all women, right? Or ants are all females, right? So I'd imagine there's some. No, I I thought they're all male. No, I think it's like bees where like there's like a couple drone males. There's a queen bee. There's a queen queen ant. And a queen ant. And so the rest are all boys. No, I don't think that's true. No, that might not be true. I mean, listen. Uh, what I, all I'm saying is that I'd love to see them marching in a big line, and I'd love to see them holding little tiny um, toothpicks with a pride flag on them. And I'd be like, "This is a great gay emperor." Because most ants I've seen have that telltale pink bow and eyelashes that mark them as female <laughs> fox. You mean the the Miss Pac-Man syndrome? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, so I'm just saying that you know that could be what they identify as, right? There could be non-gendered ants. I mean, I don't, I'm binary. I feel like we're walking down a dangerous pathway, and, actually. And because they're kind of a hive mind, it's a they them situation in a way. Ooh, it's definitely a they them situation because they're all because they're all collective because the hive mind. Oh my god, I love that. I love that ants might be a they them collective. This is, and listen, we're all we're we're friends of of the 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 people here. Like, I'm just very excited to figure out like, would a hive mind. A hive mind must identify as. I bet. I bet a hive mind would have weird pronouns. Honestly, like it's got to be something. Oh, it would be the us. Uh, yeah, like you like, know. like 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 they'd be like we, we us, us or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Ooh, yeah. And it's like, well, why why would I call you we? When I'm not part of your collective, and well, like, but because uh, the assumption the is in there, yeah, the collective right? just gonna... smiles at you ominously. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the we us, buddy. You will or you won't. Indeed. Well, no, you just will. All right, will yeah. will you? Sorry, I'm very excited about no, this this sci-fi terminology. I absolutely, love absolutely. No, I'm more I'm more just worried if I had just did like a 30 minute non thrills. We're getting don't want to get. Too I mean, listen, tracked. this is this is what the people pay for. Some do. Um, anyway, <laughs> giant ants. There's giant no, ants. It's ant wars, buddy. There's, yeah, there's no power on giant leaves, though. That was sad. No, no, not crossing the Amazon on giant leaves. There's no electricity to run the machine, so they might be dead. Frank agrees, but then continues his theory from last time. All these dudes are actually dead already. That's why Gideon's after them. They're ghosts. Okay. That, that's why Savage came back to I, life after being eaten by Shaco. He's already dead, so he, he can't keep him down. Well, but though the other guy like remelded Shaco, we saw that, and also ghosts aren't demons, which is what Armored Gideon fights. Look, I well, like, just, I don't, I don't Gideon particularly any, care. Yeah, he fight, he just fights any extra dimensional force. I feel like, but anyway, taking White's advice, Angel frees all these other characters from their cages. And then they all go about punching out these ants. You can see like Ace Garb, Perry Twenty. But then these, oh yeah, sorry, please. Tharg's in there, and actually, I think even your buddy Matt Talon might be in the background there. Hell yeah! I mean, and, the the thing is, is that like then wouldn't these ants also be also dead? Yes. So you can't keep. You know, you can only hold them at bay. Uh, Matt Stone from Meltdown Man also helps out, but then the or Nick Stone, something like that. But the, yeah, Whatever. Matt Stone might be the South Park guy. But then the collector appears. He sends a dimensional portal over the crew, and suddenly they're all in black and white and drawn by Mike and White. Hey, and they're looking like their characters, man. Like, really close. <laughs> yeah, Mike White returns to the podcast. We last saw him in the Prague and 
519. He did a lot of the art for Mean Arena and a lot of classic Future Shocks, especially a lot of Alan Moore ones. Um, old school letterer Peter Knight is also back. And like, even if you don't know sort of the specific things, I love how much this feels like sort of launch 2000 AD, those early years. There's no, this a, feels like the 70s again. It's really great. Yeah, Except he, like with better perspective and a little bit more like awareness. Totally. You know? Yeah. But like you've got like the the CompU 73E credit card, a little Thrill 4 sticker in the corner and stuff like that. And then this episode is called uh, A Foreign Country because that's what the past is, buddy. The real question is, did the price decrease from 75p? <laughs> Absolutely not. It's only one section, Fox. You know, anyway, everything's weird, black and white. But Savage has me cannon back. Yeah, dude. And he's real horny to use it. And I'll mention that while Mike White didn't do Invasion, he did do Disaster 1999. So he's got some Savage chops in here. Oh, yeah. No, he's he knows how to whip some geese with a bandolier. <laughs> Finally, the narration boxes make fun of Savage and then themselves a bit. The narration boxes do. It seems the crew can hear the boxes and that this is how the collector is communicating with them. Savage I feel like that's pretty good. Yeah, it's okay. You know, there's sort of a lot of like uh, narration or like um, like the collector smiled, his enigmatic smile and things like that. I'm ultimately very surprised that this didn't end up being Tharg. You know, mm, you're right. I feel like that's what it was written to be given, you know, it's possible. Thar gives the, or sorry, Savage gives the collector both barrels, but it has no effect. Indeed, none of these heroes can hurt the collector because they're already dead. We learn that Harry Angel died bailing out of a plane with no parachute and also destroyed his air base because after he bailed out of the plane, the plane continued on and crashed into the base, killing everybody. Yeah, no, you're, you're dead because you're an idiot. Definitely. Uh, Rick Random died in a space shuttle accident and the collector gets his name wrong twice. I love twice. that. Uh, yeah. Roy w- Ringworm. I really love that one because <laughs> he felt like a ringworm because, I mean, how the fuck do I get rid of this? Get out of here, Random. Savage died in a shotgun cleaning accident in a Vulcan <laughs> ammo silo. I did like that. I mean, it feels like, I mean, is there any other way to go? You know? No way. And Frank wants to know where Armored Gideon fits in here, as we see classic Dan Dare and Robot Archie in the background, but neither of them legally, I think they might not have the rights to these characters anymore. No. Well, that's why that's why you don't call them out as what they are. You just no. have like it because the Archie part is covered. It's just AR. Yeah, they're just standing back there semi-legally. We learned the collector is actually one of the silent ones, the creators of Armored Gideon. Frank yeah. isn't impressed with his with his vision, though. And I Quinn, mean, I feel like this is like a, a a personality of infinity, and you're just like, I'm not impressed with your shit. And I'm like, he could just make you dust. Well, that's the thing; he can't. He tries to like, oh yeah, put him he's up alive. A, he like moves him around in a column and tries to drop him on spikes, but it doesn't do anything because Frank is still alive, so he has no power over him. Which is a weird stipulation, but sure. So you have to be dead to go through hell. Yeah, Frank himself isn't sure what to do, but then Armored Gideon shows up and seems to answer the questions. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're going to die. Everyone recolors as Armored Gideon and the Collector fight. White's an angel bicker, but Savage keeps his eyes on, his, on the prize because Gideon is losing to the Collector, who's gone all aggro and is pulling out Gideon's chest wires. But as the Collector prepares to smash a big boulder into Gideon's guts, Frank appears in the way, stopping him. 
He chides the collectors. Who's going to guard the gate to reality if you kill Armored Gideon, you jerk? You made him. You got to replace him if you're going to destroy him. I mean, okay. And also calls him a loser for wanting to hang out with these classic 2080 characters. Which, I mean. Yeah, not cool. Don't like it. Yeah, no, you're not that good. Sorry, Mm -hmm. buddy. Should not be throwing these stones. The collector, ever seems to heed these warnings and disappears into a gate. Frank tries to get everyone on the same page before Gideon repairs himself. And Angel agrees, saying that it's time for all of them to accept their deaths and let Gideon finish him off. But Bill Savage ain't trying to hear that and blasts angels and blasts angel. No one's getting annihilated on his watch. Savage repeats that, but White's just wangs him upside the head with a boot. Boo. Savage is better than you. Angel's alive again and says it's time for them to go to their reward. But don't worry, because at least they'll be remembered. And that's true if by 2000, if by Space Spinner 2000 and no one else. Wolfie Smith wonders if dying is hurt, and Armored Gideon has just one response. Yes. <laughs> Which I think is pretty funny. Uh, it is pretty Gideon good. annihilates the heroes, and Frank escapes through the portal. See a Gideon, and back on Earth, he's at the D- Daily Clarion, his old newspaper job. Tell he says, whole- fuck off, basically. Yeah, he tells his whole story to his boss and says that he got it all on camera. His editor is excited for it, even though she screwed him out of money on the previous story. But indeed, he's here not to sell the photos to her, but to tell her that he's selling them to another paper. Welcome to Dumpsville, population you. But that's not true because, of course, Frank's camera was destroyed in an yeah, early episode of the story. This is bullshitting and he'll never be rich, but at least he can watch Michelle Pfeiffer as Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, and some new bio action pick i guess you know Uh, he's been horny for michelle pfeiffer this whole story yeah Um, i just don't know if i would meanwhile all's right in the world for him as armored gideon just does what he loves ripping the heads off of demons on the edge which uh okay so is this the end of armored gideon forever armored gideon will return in 1995 okay that's fine but that's the last real armored gideon okay I mean, I, I like, so I enjoyed this because I, it was made for us. Yes. Uh, but I mean, you know, the end, much like the beginning. What? Yes. I appreciate the nostalgia trip and just seeing some of these old characters and stuff like that. I didn't like the disdain that it had for some of these old characters. Yeah, you know, I feel like it, it just it really be- felt like it was like taking the piss for people who were coming back. Yeah, it being so down on Bill Savage, especially a character we like so much, was, I feel like, I mean, he's he's a pivotal action character in my mind. So good. Oh, man. But yeah, and then otherwise sort of some of the the armored Gideon-ness of it was sort of the challenge, honestly. It was sort of like, all right, I guess. (laughs) I'm also here to see these old guys. Yeah, it just, it it doesn't seem to be finding its footing on the storyline at once, so... they're kind of using it as they need it. Yeah. Not great. You know, not my favorite. Yeah. And that, anyway, let's continue on speaking of, um, or on the topic of characters from beyond time and space, it's Thrill 5 Slain. Here. And as it turns out, you know, (laughs) what I basically expected happened. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Script robot Pat Mills, art robot Dermot Power, letting robot Steve Potter. Roman governor Suetonius harshly puts down Boudicca's rebellion. We can't let a woman almost defeat us by gosh. 
Anyway, it's been a year and a day, so it's time for Boudicca well, and Slain to die. To be clear, this time they actually show a village that they're destroying. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, we definitely do see that for once. A burial mound is prepared full of gold and other treasures, and the royal couple is given smoking flagons of poison to drink in the moonlight. Oh. Britain faces a dark future, but the spirit of its people will continue forever. That yeah, British spirit. Even though, yeah, the British spirit of... Uh, Fighting back and resisting, you know? Yeah, but Stiff upper lifting it, that kind of thing. The Blitz, blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah. No, having, having a, you know, listen, a beer with, with lunch, that's fine. I mean, it depends on the beer, but yeah, I mean, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you're not having you're not having a dark beer at lunch. Oh, you, you know, light yeah. ale. Yeah, have a shandy, you know? Ooh. I'd- Live it up. Anyway, it's only death, they say to each other, and then die. Uncle was supposed to drink the poison too, but he 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 had. Weird. Mm. Boudicca and Slain are laid to rest on a bronze couch in a mound and is then sealed. And in the Fortress of Time, Ukko wonders what the point of all this was. And it seems, basically, they explain that the hard fight against the Britons meant that the Romans didn't invade Ireland at all, so they were able to stay free for a while. So I guess the whole this whole thing was a proxy war by the Earth Goddess to protect her chosen people? Not cool. You know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, back in the past, it seems Ukko has snuck into the burial mound and is stealing stuff when Slain comes alive again and grabs him. The Earth Goddess has returned life to him because he's got more missions to do. He chokes Ukko when suddenly the Earth Goddess herself appears. She will grant his heart's desire and he asks to go back to Ireland. His wish well, is granted. Oh, sorry, I, I mean, I will say he's he's. Slightly less specific than he should be, but he does put in some specificities where he's like, I miss, you know, yeah, my, being my, a lot my away and from the laughter. Yeah, but he didn't really stipulate that. So she's like, well, I'm going to totally fuck you on this one. Bye. Yeah, standard stuff. Um, yeah, so his, his wish is granted. He and Ukko head into the green mists to return home. The end. And I should say that this story was picked up in the poster prog we looked at um, over Christmas or, or at the end of 94. So, you know, like mm-hmm. you said, he returns in like the Middle Ages and, you know, he's just a myth yep. and all that kind of stuff. Yep. You get fucked because uh, your Earth Goddess sucks, and I don't know why you're so into it. I would see, yeah, the Earth Goddess will betray you no matter what. Like, sort of, that's her her modus operandi is to genie misinterpret your wish, basically. I, I literally feel like there are better deities out there, my dude. Other deities are available. Slain will return in 1995, and we're about to enter into an ABC Warriors period for Pat Mills. Oh, thank God. And And speaking of the dark heroes that these times require, Fox. Okay. Go to Thrill Six Brigand Doom. I think what you mean by dark hero is dark villain, and that dark villain is text. (laughs) So much fucking text. The in black a comic bureaucracy, yeah. In a comic that has ostensibly been more art and flavor 
it has somehow found a way to put 10 to 15 fucking text boxes on every single page. Yeah. Script about Alan McKenzie, art about Dave Danticky, letter about Annie Parkhouse, Brigand, your dooms. Investigator. <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought that was really My, funny. I thought Bring that out, was really Brigand, good. Brigand, your dooms. Yeah, because I, uh, you know, it's all dead here. I'm it's not dead doom. all the way down. I feel happy. Uh, anyway, Investigator 9 wakes up sexily, dr- dreaming her of her encounters with undead terrorist Brigand Doom. But then uh, she she's receiving an urgent Zoom call and is ordered to head up security <laughs> for a, a Zoom call of- that, that she's in her night, her nighty for. Absolutely. Yeah, she's asked to uh, escort a government secretary. It's three in the morning and it seems oh, she's going God. solo as the meeting is highly confidential. Uh the Secretary of Accommodation is given oh, a fancy great. and illegal real leather briefcase, um, which they then take back to his house and he locks in a wall safe. Nine is dismissed, but that goddamn Brigand Doom shows up, plinks a plinker, and steals the case. The only time he does it for the entirety of what we're reading. We were talking about this before the show, Fox, but yes, they've de-emphasized the uh, plinked gas ca- gas capsule part of Umbrigan Doom's character. That's his whole bit, is that whatever that is makes him awesome, but now it just makes him talk. It's true. That and the tricorn are the defining elements of Brigand Doom, now de-emphasized. Now they're emphasizing much more the fact that he's got those metal... Um, like pin things on the collar of his shirt. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway, yeah, Plinks and Plinker steals the case. This leads to a gunfight with stormtroopers, but Doom escapes from them, and when they try to stick guard dogs on him, they won't catch his scent. The secretary calls Nine and demands that she gets his briefcase back. Spare no expense. Terminate Doom if you have to. Sorry, go ahead. This, by the way, everything previous that he just said, it's two panels. And it's the most action we're going to see for the next three progs. Indeed. This has nine interested. The response, what's in that case? That is the secretary so freaked out. Let's investigate. Okay. I feel like that's against what your whole deal is. But (laughs) nine uh, dreams the briefcase is full of souls. But in reality, she wakes up and finds doom just hanging out in her apartment. He smells bad, so she sprays perfume on him, and he reveals the briefcase is, in fact, full of money that the municipal construction investment company paid the secretary of accommodation to bribe him to make substandard apartments for the people of the city. He just knows this stuff, man, and wants to know what Nine is going to do about it. She says, hey, man, you're the undead revolutionary. But he reminds her that she is a cop and can't arrest people when they break the laws, like taking bribes and stuff. Anyway, he says he's got a plan in motion and jumps out of her window. Soon the secretary gets a video call from Doom, be in front of the MCI building in 20 minutes. Secretary calls Nine to have her accompany him. And at dawn, they see Brigand Doom arrive with the case, and he hands it to someone from MCI, and then they shake hands friendlily. The secretary's apoplectic because he got that bribe money fair and square, and over Nine's objectives, he storms out of the car to confront the corporate jerks. At the MCI boardroom, the corporate types give the secretary his briefcase back, 
and he heads Ugh. out with Nine, ordering her to forget this ever happened. From their office, the MCI guys wonder what's to be done about this secretary. He's been a jerk and can't be trusted now. They may have to retire him. And in doing so, they call their friend Sapperstein to deal with it. This is so interesting. I love. Literally. Yeah. The secretary of accommodations like, like car. Corporate political. Uh, sorry. No. Bureaucracy yeah, right. intrigue in my Brigand Dune comic. I will say one real hallmark of Alan McKenzie is this sort of sinister boardroom kind of thing. Like what we call like Universal Soldier, for instance, that was really base built around like. That never panned out. Here's it a guy never who panned out. Yeah, here's a guy who's got cool fighting powers, but enough of that shit. We got corporate politics on a board, a big table to deal with. Listen, as as a woolly socialist, I get it, but like this isn't the con- general conceit of Brigand Doom. It's true. Like, it might be, but like it shouldn't be the central fucking thing that we <laughs> read and look at. Totally. The Secretary of Accommodations car stops in front of a big multi-car car crash, and they go to check on a man that seems to have been thrown out the windshield of a turned-over truck. But that guy comes up with a gun and takes the secretary hostage. He knocks the driver out and makes the secretary drive to his office, the Department of Accommodation. The secretary tries to buy his life, but the killer says he's an eccentric millionaire. This is just as ho- killing people's his hobby. <laughs> He pulls the secretary out of the what car and has a rope. On? Back at her apartment, uh, Nine tells Doom what he, or asks Doom what he did with the secretary. And Doom says he didn't do anything. He just gave the case back and let nature take its course. At the department, the secretary begs for his life, saying he's too important to die. But Sapperstein just uses the bribe briefcase to weigh down the gas pedal of the secretary's car and sends it careening into the front door of the department. The secretary tied to its hood. He crashes into the glass and steel in front of the building and is killed. As Doom says, justice will be done. (sighs) Okay. What what did what did Doom do in this entire thing other than fight some guys at the beginning to show a case of money to a person? He took the case, gave the case back, which in turn caused the secretary to show his ass and get assassinated by the uh, company. So it was all of this was this very long plot to get him killed by a millionaire who likes to kill people. 100%. Uh, it's real dumb. He that, used to just kill those people and then give food to folks and then load up that truck full of shit that was garbage and then drive that to the place and be like, lol, you guys fucked. Yep. You're right. No, it's true. Not as good. This is bad. This was bad Brigand Dune. Oh, no. Anyway, that's the end of this one. Brigand Dune will return once more in the progs in early 95 and twice more in this year's specials. He's in all. Well, he's in all oh three God. 2000 AD branded specials this year. I, see, this is the thing. It's like you know that I was super stoked on bringing Doom, mm-hmm. I, and like I love that he has these different bubbles, but they still kept the zombie shit. That's why he does a stink. He's a real gross, yeah. even though she's a sexy lady who wants to fuck a corpse, maybe. And like, let he, me, he was let a, me let me just say, he's a fighter against like the the bureaucratic kind of like fascist yeah. government, maybe. And that was a thing, but now it's like, like you don't, you don't want to see the inner workings of the fascist government, other than for a few, know. like two pages where it's like, oh yes, let's do some evil things. Yes, let's definitely do some evil things. So we're gonna do some evil stuff, and that's all the setup for the big, like you know, 
not even a twist, just like I'm gonna yeah. fuck up your shit. Yeah. I basically what I'm expecting from Brigand Doom is Bill Savage stuff. Mm-hmm. Because that's all he really is. Yeah. No, he's not blasting through doors. Let me let me just say that I do I do want to say that I appreciate this feels a little bit like a return to form for Brigand Doom, if just because while this story definitely feels like stretched out, like you could definitely this could be a one issue story, I think. I do appreciate that it's not supernatural base and it is doom sort of fighting corruption oh, in here. Oh, don't get me wrong. The fact that there isn't zombie shit going on is fine. The fact that they kept the zombie shit is what I think is weird. Yeah. And then specifically, I, I, I will say also that I think this concept, I guess, of um, the city is corrupt, but because it's built on this base of corruption, it also like there's sort of this concept that like, Doom exists to sort of like sometimes Doom can fight corruption just by slightly upsetting the delicate equilibrium of the various crimes that people are doing and stuff like that. I think that that part of this story, I think, is actually kind of kind of interesting or like kind of it's a thing, you know, it is. It is. I, I just, you know, it would also be good if they were like our new drug thing that we do which he has access to for some reason, right? Like nothing ties it into the central character, right? Right. I, well, it I is think- just that he's kind of a, I, I don't know. There's, there's something about like where they're going with this, that it just seems aimless. And I agree. I think overly that this, talkative. this would be better. It's if, like buying time. If that makes sense. Yeah. This would be better if, um, the Brig- if Brigand Doom was sort of, oh God, I, I don't want to say I'd want it to appear more frequently, but if it was sort <laughs> of, you know, if we had, especially in the Progs, more Doom stories that were just about Doom sort of targeting individual ministers and parts of the city government and stuff like that. And that would have a knock-on effect, which is why they have to have a board meeting for something where well, you but, then I mean, start seeing that he can do some little just, things to upset that balance i don't know it's just, I'm just it yeah feels i'm just so disjointed I'm, I'm just saying that like if this was one brick in that wall of doing that i think that this could be a fun, a perfectly fine story sure as sure. it is like so many of the doom stories have sort of gotten he side- fought a voodoo man before yes. this but just yeah so many of the doom stories have been sort of sidetracked into mysticism and other things like that, that when it gets back to just corruption, it makes it feel like it's got to be a big, like, world-changing corruption fight, as opposed to this story, which is very much just sort of like just another notch in Doom's belt, basically. This is sort of yeah, an individual episode yeah. of it. Yeah, no, I agree with that wholly. Anyway, enough of that. I'm tired of these characters I don't like coming back, Fox. I'm interested in return for a character I do like, so let's see that. Oh, it, it's one. One character that yes, you do no, like. Yes, no, precisely one. Thrill 7 Strontium Dogs. <laughs> I like... It's precisely one. Precisely yes. one of those characters. And I agree with you, though. Oh, man. They really need Carlos Escara on this one. Oh, the- man. For the visuals, not not to not to shit on uh, Nigel Dobbin. At yeah, all. it's just a different character or a, a, yeah. a, a, a different artist doing things a little differently. Script exactly. Peter Hogan, art robot Nigel Dobbin, learning about Annie Parkhouse. So Peter Hogan is taking over the writing of this character from or of this stri- thrill from uh, Garth Ennis. Let me just t- I think I might have said this already, but as a personal aside, I met Garth Ennis at a comic signing 
um, a couple months ago. And I, I told him, listen, all one listens to the show, which I thought was very exciting. Recognize oh, my no. name, actually. Miss, Mr. Ennis, uh, thank you. But also, like, you know, well, I have I, some hot takes, but I, don't take them personally because they're they're off the cuff. I told him that we had just finished reading his work on Strontium Dogs, and he said, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I promise I get better. <laughs> We like, all get we all get better with age. We're all fine. Wine. He apologized for his early work, and I thought that was I thought that was pretty funny, honestly. Um, I mean, I like listen. Everybody, listen. I don't. I don't. I don't illustrate. I don't color. I don't letter, and I don't write a comic. Right. Mm-hmm. So and and so uh, officially, I don't consider myself to be a critic. I consider myself to be a fan who is reading every single fucking anthology comic book i would say like we're creating our own art just through these podcasts and stuff yeah exactly we're still still doing criticism stuff yeah i'd say we're aficionados at this stage because i don't think most people can say that they've done what we've done and recorded it for time yeah as we as we near ish uh episode 300 i feel like our bona fides are well established fox (sighs) So on the planet Herfu, Feral and the badass Gronk have crashed their spaceship uh, for the last adventure. My favorite Gronk. And are stumping their way on, on uh, through a desert planet. After 15 days of walking, they arrive at a small town and plan They just to, want food and sleep. Yeah, they just That's want it. to get something to drink and get some sleep. When suddenly there's an explosion and a man is tossed out of a saloon window, as you do. The lads walk in and find a moose-faced mutant arresting a human. He's a strontium dog collecting a bounty. But Farrell's but like, hey. strontium dogs are done. Yeah, we saw that. Exactly. And the locals are restless, so the moose doesn't want really, really, really want to explain at this point. The Gronk like, flashes. Cover me, dog. Yeah. The Gronk flashes his own strontium dog badge, or I guess Johnny Alpha's. And the moose agrees to team up with them if they watch his back. Meanwhile, on the planet Hokusai, a man with a wall man. full of alien heads, including a quinch head, Fox, from DR and Quinch. Yeah, I, I will tell you what I appreciate about this. Sure, the alien heads, but the fact that so this is a cross between the Yakuza and the Italian mafia. Plus, yeah. it, it's like people have Spanish names. <laughs> so there's just a lot going um, on. It, it feels it. So I, I will. What I will say to the writing about this is. I, I see you. This is pretty good. Sci-fi amalgams. It, well, because it, it, it feels like it's not just like, oh, Hirohito-san, I will do as my Lord commands or whatever. Yeah. They're just playing all sides. They're like, we get it. Like, we're not. It, it feels like so mixed that it's meant to be a joke about the whole thing. Of course. Meanwhile, right? in the magazine right now, the actual sci-fi Yakuza is going strong in Shimura. Good times. Um, or no, there's monsters. It's it's a complicated situation, actually. But anyway, <laughs> I haven't I haven't I'm several episodes ahead of where we are. I haven't big back one, so I don't know what's actually going on. But anyway, the uh, the Don here sends his goon, or sorry, we heal. Uh, blah blah blah. This Don guy says that the target has been spotted on Hirfu, so he sends his goon Taroni to deal with the manner with the matter. I want her head on the wall. Meanwhile, elsewhere in Herfu, a man runs down the darkened streets lit by a blood red moon. She can feel the ebb and flow of his blood as his heart beats. Then she leaps upon this man and drinks his blood. It's goddamn Durham Red. 
And in the oh, distance, finally, 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 she's back with her Ushanka haircut. <laughs> in the distance, a woman with a cane and a blindfold feels the night. She is here. It has begun. You're totally going to be into this weird, gross boy. Oh, I really hope not. Like, you know, there. So before we get into this, and I know mm-hmm. that we'll read through it. My largest hope. I mean, like she had a thing. Her and Johnny Alpha had a kind of a. They totally did. They totally did. And where it's like, I very much hope that that doesn't transfer to. Yeah. Uh, Strong agree. Yeah. Plus, I think be, she, she's too old for him, to be honest. Well, like, yeah, I know. But he's also a gross alien penis, you know? It seems like she's not into it. That's what I'll say. No, because he turns into a gross alien penis in front of her. Also, Nobody would be into that. A penis, but that's somehow bony, actually, is the whole thing. It's really, yeah, no, it's very gross. We'll get to I don't it. like it. <laughs> On his ship, the moose asks where he can drop the the, the boys. And, they, and the Gronk says anywhere with foods and beds. But Farrah wants to know what's up with the moose being a strong. Weren't the strons taken out? And it turns out they were for a while. But in the end, the need for galactic bounty hunters outweighed the petty conflicts and racism of also, Earth. Yeah, also, that's some Earth shit. They've had a bunch of problems. They're probably going to have way more, like, battles. Like, yeah. you got to have an intergalactic, I guess. We still need a bounty hunter service, you know? Yeah, because there's literally no law force. And I mean, I guess we'll pay you in. Yeah, there's I, international I mean, I crimes assume, that need to be I, dealt with. I would assume Earth credits. But if they're, if everything's that volatile, it's got to be in some kind of galactic currency. Yeah, gold, so gold press, screwed. latinum, things like yes, that. You know? thank you. It Back has to, Star to be Trek gold stuff. press, latinum. Um. But so, yeah, the Galactic Crime Commission moved to Ganymede and restarted the Tronium Dog business back up, including this guy, Joe Saxon, a.k.a. Bull Moose. I love this character design. He's a big mooseman. I do love. I, I mean, I'm just glad they didn't call him like the Mountie or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's, he's a guy who's a yeah big um, bipedial moose, but he's like his horns have been uh, cut off. He's got horn stalks. Yeah, um, I mean, I feel like he does that just to, you know, yeah, fit through be a doors. little less. Ag- yeah, well, fit through doors, but also to like, you know, for the regulars, it's not intimidating. Other than the fact that he's the size of a moose, if he's real know, big, yeah, like, yeah, he's very large. Don't fuck with the moose. No. The boys introduce themselves and ask for a ride back to base to maybe rejoin the Stranium Dog Force. Bull Moose agrees, but they got to carry out a termination order first. Meanwhile, on the other side of the planet, Durham Red tosses the body of a bounty onto the sheriff's desk, asking yeah, for it was very tasty. the money. Exactly. Sucked all the blood out of it. She's wearing pants and her hair's a bit less insane. You know, not quite the same red that we've seen before, but it is still nice no, to see I, her. I'm a fan of this character. Well, this is the thing is like Durham Red is a staple character for you. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, we haven't we haven't seen her uh, since her that solo story she was in in 1992, which was fantastic. A lot of fun. Had some drug abuse stuff. It was a big sun, as I recall. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And they she had to knock it out of the out of the sky because it was driving everybody fucking crazy. Yeah. Anyway, the sheriff can't pay till the morning, so she takes on another bounty for Watley Wilson, three hundred thousand credits, and he's staying at the Corona Hotel. But it'll be a tough fight. Red leaves, and we see that actually that Tar- Taroni guy was hiding here the whole time. 
And he's working for the goth king, who was the bad guy in that Durham Red Solo story. Yeah. He shoots the sheriff, no word yet on the deputy, and it seems oh, he's got a plan see, you for shoot Durham the deputy. Red. No, we're also going to make a song about you. You can't shoot the deputy. That's why they make the song about you. No, that's why you got to make the song. Or sorry, that's why you got to shoot the deputy so they don't make the song so that they don't know that you didn't do what you were set out to do, man. You got to shoot the deputy also. Interesting. Twelve hours later, Pharaoh, Gronk, and Bull Moose also arrive at the Corona Hotel. And as they approach, they see a sniper aiming into one of the windows. The boys spring into action, ditching the subtle approach as Farrell ties a rope around his waist and abseils through the window into the uh, hotel room as the Gronk lays down covering fire on the sniper. Inside, Farrell finds Red post-blood drinking on the target. She's in a rage and tackles him, and the pair go flying out the window, landing on a handy awning as you do. As this turns into a weird dick. Yeah, this... Uh, the Gronk and Bull Moose are trading shots with the sniper who runs and Moose goes after him as the Gronk heads down to check on Farrell and Red. And it looks like the adrenaline have gotten to Farrell. So he does his thing to warp and transform into that bony penis monster guy that we've yep. seen. He's a big penis. Red comments on the grossness of this several times, which, which is I pretty mean, funny. I, again, love, love Durham Red commentary. This is like, she's going to tell you what she doesn't like. She very much has the same response that we all do, which is just like, ah, gross. Yeah. (laughs) There are two things that Durham Red likes, blood and Johnny Alpha. Mostly. And Johnny Alpha's blood for that matter. Yeah. I mean, to be, to be fair, the third thing is, I mean, it's just a Venn diagram of the two. (laughs) Less of a Venn diagram and more of a whole circle. She does seem to recognize the Gronk, which is nice. And she asks how I like that she calls him Gonk. (laughs) You know it's the Gronk. Well, they didn't really interact that much, actually, when Durham Red was in there. I mean, mostly she she was uh, speaking with Johnny Johnny McNulty. Yeah. Anyway, it's not clear how to turn peace. Yeah. I I think Middenface is still around. Uh, I meant meant Johnny. Yeah. But uh the Gronk isn't sure how to turn Farrell back, but he doesn't seem super aggressive at this point when suddenly a voice calls out. It's that blindfolded lady. Or- and she's like, bitch, I'm the walking lady. And if you fuck around, I'll judge you. But I'm going to be probably the thing that starts you on your adventure because I'm the wizened mage and uh, you don't want to be a farmer anymore. And it's the whole wheel of fucking journeys or whatever the fuck yeah joseph campbell you know what i'm talking about yeah. yeah she's the walking lady and all who cross her path are hers to judge don't fuck with me bitch i'll judge you straight and you'll be like oh and i'll be like yeah exactly anyway to be continued durham red will return to solo story in nine in prog 901 and strontium dogs will be back in 1995 like everything else yeah, well, I'll tell you what, I'm glad that they used this to reintroduce Durham Red, and I hope I don't see the rest. I can see some more moose adventures. Honestly, but I i mean, we said the the same thing about uh, the Many Hand Maiden. Yeah, they didn't do it. You know, Neve no, of the which many, is a, or Maeve of the Many Arms, yeah. Yeah, Maeve of the Many Arms. I, like, I... I prefer so much the side stories of the other strontium dogs that aren't these two yeah uh, yeah, you're, <laughs> like, you're yeah right. they just don't they just don't fit together a skateboarding gronk i'm done with you know 
And I feel, uh, I don't know, I like, because I, I definitely feel a bit more for Farrell now, right, than when Farrell was introduced. But I oh, think yeah. he's run his course. Mm. Yeah, I think, I don't know. We'll see where it goes. But yeah, we're sort of, we're on the road to the end for these guys. But still a fair amount of Strutting Dog stuff left to go. Anyway, I, is it is it unfair to say that I miss Johnny Alpha? Absolutely not. Johnny Alpha is the shit and everybody knows it. I just it I get it it was such a punch in the gut and I'm so glad that they did it with some finality, but also if you're going to keep Strontium Dogs going, you know. <laughs> For let's, sure. Let's let's do it with a Moose Man and Durham Red and Mave of the Many Arms, you know. New 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 Year, New Us kind of thing. Maybe. We'll see as, as we Ooh, go forward. And McNulty. Oh my God. It'd be like a like a uh 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 Yeah, I could be down for Gal- one. Galaxy people. Why am I forgetting the Chris Pratt fucking vehicle? Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. It could be a Guardians of the Galaxy thing, you know? Lesser Chris's Fox. Anyway. Lesser Chris's. Thank you. With that, we've Jesus reached, come to the end of this one, Fox. And I must know. I must oh. know. What were you talking about? Thrills? You ask me a hard question. That's all I do. Yeah. yeah. I know. It's the hardest question. Because I'll tell you, I would have wanted to give bottom to, let's say, uh, and this is unfair, Armored Gideon. Mm. Right? Only because, meh, like it, its ending didn't really stick. But you know what I am going to definitely give it to? What's that? Friggin' Doom. Ooh, don't I don't care. Like there was a point in time where I did care about Brigand Doom and then they did a zombie thing and then they kept going with it. And then they made me read more than I've ever read an entire Brigand Doom comic. Mm -hmm. And and if there's one thing that kind of the lead up through Brigand Doom had always kind of taught me is like this is about action. This is about showing you things. It's about a little bit of intrigue, and I'm like, yeah, I'd like to see this grow a little bit. And this could have been that, except the interstitial step was like, he's also now dead, and I feel like the writers now have to contend with it, right? They're like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. he's dead, and also there's a government plot. Like, what the fuck are we going to do? And this feels like a, what the fuck are we going to do to kind of, like, put this all together? Because it was a pitch deck, basically. It's like, hey, we're going to pitch this. And it sounds pretty good and we need to flesh it out. And then it didn't get fleshed out. And now it's being brought back up. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the things that I'll say. Uh, Judge Dredd, other than his baby delivery, it was fine. Don't don't really particularly care. But they, they were they were standard one off dreads. Let's call it that. Um, and uh, uh, I mean, we just got done with Strontium Dog. I'm more excited for Durham Red than anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I am excited to see where mambo goes in a big fucking way because yeah. <laughs> i love my mambo but you know one prog it's not really gonna get the top and slain ended exactly as i expected we're gonna get more slain and we i mean we already kind of knew that but also you know they really need to figure out what's going on with slain mm-hmm. or slanya Right. Slanya. Now here now here's you know, the it's thing. a sort of act like quantum leap, but you cut people's heads off, I think is the basic brief of slain at this point. Yeah. Here's my my top, Conrad. I want to hear it. It's going to Rogue Trooper. Ooh. Which is a very it's a rare thing. Yeah, for that's me. a rare that's a rare fox choice, Rogue Trooper. I I 
really enjoy the new dynamic that he and the chips have. I bet you it will erode with me over time if they don't kind of change that relationship with each of the chips over time. I feel like it's much more showing like the it it sucks to have four like brains in my in my brain, right? He's already feeling it. It's not that far since he chipped these people in. Mm-hmm. And when action's on, everybody gets into into the motion. But when action's off, he's like, Jesus Christ, this is like driving me nuts. And I want <laughs> yeah. some time alone, which I think is a good dynamic, especially when you kind of consider each of the chips sort of has their own persona. Yeah. Right. Especially when you have one like eight ball, who's a little bit like it. It's clear that something's gone wrong. And then yeah, you have wacky, Pop, yeah. and, Pop and Lucky who are very focused on particular things, but also not saying like, I want to be back in my body now. Like it, it just doesn't feel like old rogue trooper. It feels like there's mm-hmm. a couple of characters going on in that head. And that has an effect on the actual character. The art is magnificent. The action is great. I feel like we, you know, we're always going to new places, seeing new things, kind of having new challenges. I, I don't mind that the meta narrative or the overall narrative is kind of aimless. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd like a little bit more structure in that. Like, obviously, it's Clavel and we've got to figure out this thing. Yeah, but that but that can be so open ended um, to where it's fine. But at some point, that non structure has to become structural in some way. Sure. To to kind of to kind of give it direction and give it focus while also kind of bringing in these characterization parts. But I really enjoyed it. And again, like the just the art done by Harry or Henry Flint Mm -hmm. is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, he's a great new talent for sure. It is truly phenomenal. Um, So, yeah, Conrad, I need to understand why you agree with me or don't agree with me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll say that I I will say that on just on the relative aimlessness of uh, Rogue Trooper, I guess, um, like because we're just going to have so much rogue trooper, I think it can end up being a little bit. It's okay for it to be a little bit more episodic, I guess. Like just because there's going to be more of it, I think this is the counterpoint of Brigand Doom, where Brigand Doom shows up every once in a while. So just sort of having like self-contained episodes feels weird because its appearance makes it seem like it should mm. be driving a larger plot forward. I guess. Um. Anyway. <sighs> yeah. I'll ju- yeah. Ha- I'll happily join you with Brigand Doom as my bottom thrill. Um, it, it wasn't it wasn't as enjoyable as everything else. It's you know? ju- yeah, it's just kind of a slog. And like again, I also agree that I don't find these board this board these boardroom shenanigans to be all that um, interesting. And like I get you know, and the psycho. We'd like to know that the problem is bureaucracy, but not see the bureaucracy. If yeah, and like the killer at the end wasn't that fun, and just like I don't know, just didn't it? It, it didn't hit me right, I guess. Um, I like Mambo a lot, but Mambo, you know, only had one. I don't really want to have that as my top thrill. Although it, it if we had read it through the full thing, I hey, feel if, like it if we had three, yeah, if we had like two or three installments of Mambo, it would have been so be easy. It would have been so easy because it's so good on multiple levels. Yeah. God, that's I a, love Mambo. that's a story that really came and, uh, and that's, got caught fire, you know, that's our gem kind of in the rough of everything, you know? Absolutely. Yes. But yeah, especially for this section of, of this year. Um, and then 
I like the retro stuff in Armored Gideon, but a lot of the Armored Gideon-ness around that was pretty tough. Got in the way. It got in the way of the fun that we were having. Yeah. um, These one-off dreads were moderate. You know, I liked Doherty's art in there and just sort of some Slice Life Mega City 1 stuff, but... That's very much just sort of placeholder, keeping time dreads, honestly. Yeah, like I said, my favorite one is when he delivered the baby because he literally didn't give anyone violations. He was delivering a child. And And I'll say also just, I don't really like, we talked about this last episode, but the fact that Dread's been arrested and is on his way to Titan and stuff in the magazine yeah, right this, now. It as this puts is happening, wind out of the sails. Yeah, be that and like some of the like the next time on things make me wonder if there just wasn't some confusion around or some mm. some deadlines that didn't match up, basically. Um, or you had some extras because you wanted to push people to the magazine. There could have been tons of, you know. Yeah, all, all these different things. But so, yeah, so that makes me tough for me to pick that. Um Stronium dogs again. Happy to see Durham Red back, but I'm I'm tired. Feral and the Gronk, I'm just down on. So I think in the end, oh sorry, and mm-hmm. then Slain again, just one of. So yeah, I might be in solidarity this time, and yes. also pick Rogue Trooper. I like yes! this. You know, it's early days for this new Rogue, and I do think that like I'm hopeful. Like. The constant bickering of the chips and their sort of new characterization, I think, is really interesting. And, like, I think a little of it also goes a long way. Like, I'm sort of semi-annoyed by it, but I feel like it's also supposed to be annoying. You know, like, I can empathize. Yeah. I, I empathize. It's supposed to be the droning with within Rogue's head in our yeah, head. Yeah, like, I, I empathize when Rogue, like, sort of, like, smashes the table to get them all to shut up for yeah, a second. Yeah, exactly. Like well, that. so that's that's sort of what I loved, is he slams the glass down, and he puts his head on the table. Like, you know that he's he doesn't enjoy having these these people in his head, but he chose to do it. And you then, know what I mean? And they are useful. When, and he uses them really well and, like, you know, isn't belly aching when the fight actually starts. It's just outside of not, a fight. That's the challenge. But he's not always in a fight, yeah, right? Like, And so true. then he has to deal with they are real persons. And I think that there is something to that, having multiple personality disorder by choice. <laughs> yeah. Right? And then I'm also really liking Henry Flint's art. And like like you said, these acts, there's some really great action scenes in here. Just a lot of like jumping around and explosions and people getting their heads blown off and stuff like that. That's also really fun. So, yeah. Yeah. Good times. And that takes us to the end here. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. As always, you can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Titch, or Google, Spotify, or our podcast site at SpaceSpinner2000.com. Contact SpaceSpinner2000 at gmail.com. The 2084 are our Facebook or Twitter pages on Twitter at SpaceSpinner2K. Otherwise, SpaceSpinner2000, you'll find us in the search engines and drop us a rating or review wherever it is you're listening. It helps us out. Tell, or word of mouth. Tell people to listen to our show. Show's brought to you by Steve Green, Robert Hardingham, and your friends, the 2084. So if you'd like to join them and help support the show, we'd appreciate it. Check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash Cradline. That's our podcast network. Support the show. Get advanced episodes. It's a good time. And then come back next time as we take a quick break from regular thrills to talk about the 1994 Judge Dredd mega special, which I'm pretty excited about. And on the next Space Spinner, we'll finally reach the golden shores of Prague 900. Oh, my God. Hell. 
Besides a massive full-issue story of Dread and Friday crossing over, we'll also have returns for roughly in order of what I think you'll find is interesting, Fox. Bradley. Nemesis. Durham Red. Uh, Good. (laughs) And until then, I'm Conrad East Fox, and we are Space Spinner 2000. I'm not sure about Nemesis.